Welcome to the Maintaining Hope podcast. The Maintaining Hope podcast exists to look at how to maintain hope in an ever-changing world. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 12 of the Maintaining Hope podcast. I'm your host, Brian, and as always, I'm thrilled that you've decided to join us as we look at how to maintain hope in an ever-changing world. I'm really excited to be back with you after a break over the Christmas season. Let me say Happy New Year to each and every one of you, and I hope and pray that it was a great time of great joy with family and friends. As we kick off Season 2 of the podcast, let me say a few things. First and foremost, I want to thank each and every one of you that tuned in and listened to the episodes in Season 1. I'm thrilled to announce that we crossed over 500 listens to the podcast in season one thus far, and that doesn't happen without the faithful support of people like you. So I thank you for that, and I have a request to ask of you. If the episodes in season one were helpful, encouraging, or insightful, could you do me a huge, huge favor and share those episodes with your friends post them on social media. If you're on Apple Podcasts, it would mean the world to me if you could go to my podcast and leave a positive review so more people can access the podcast and join us in this journey. Thank you so much. This week, I'm excited to welcome my friend Mike Dick to the podcast. Mike is currently the youth pastor at Alliance Community Church in Sylvan Lake, Alberta, but he has previously been a chaplain for athletes at both the university and professional level. Mike brought a lot of great wisdom and insight into our conversation, and I'm really excited to share it with you. Now let's head to my conversation with Mike Dick. As we kick off season two of the Maintaining Hope podcast, I'm really excited to welcome my friend Mike Dick to the podcast. Mike, it's great to see you, my friend. How are you doing? Hey, Brian. It's really good. It's awesome to be here with you at this time, but life is just dandy and hunky-dory here here in the beautiful place of Canada. Awesome. Awesome. Great. Mike, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, for sure. I, um, I'm currently a pastor at a church in Sylvan Lake. I have uh, just recently stepped out of being in Calgary, where I was situated for the last eight years. And that was during university, but stepped out of university there and um, stepped right into ministry, specifically working with athletes and started with just university teams, but then actually progressed into this position of uh, pro athletes where I worked with the Calgary Roughnecks and the Calgary Stampeders. And I was at the same time also working at a Korean church. So it was a real cool, fun mix where I was. I uh, got married and all that a mess of life, which was so good. We have, I have one little girl named Brinley. My wife's name is Jordan, and they're both much better looking than me. So they both have that going for them. Um, but uh, yeah, so was doing all that. And then this, just this past year, stepped out of those positions and took a, a full-time position out at a church in Sylvan Lake. And it's just been a real switch of life, but my same heart for what I was doing has actually kind of just bled into my job up here. I've got an awesome senior pastor who 
gives me a lot of freedom just to step out and do what I do best, which is really being with people, being invested in the community, even though my title says youth, it's a lot more than that. So that's the quickest um, update of kind of who I am and what we're doing, but grew up in Toronto, have always been, this is, this is not that critical, but I, I am a Leafs fan and I always will be, even though, even though I almost was working with the Flames too, there wasn't a chance there wasn't a chance that little piece of me would die though. I would still love and cheer for the players that I work with. Absolutely. Secretly, I would always be a Leafs fan as well. Well, you know what, Mike, one of the, uh, one of the biggest things that's always stood out to me about Toronto Maple Leafs fans is you guys are some of like some of the most faithful, hardcore you are all in. Like if you meet a Maple Leafs fan, like this is going to be a faithful loyal person to the absolute end so i will give toronto maple leafs fans that much y'all are faithful with a capital f (laughs) yeah well it matters (laughs) absolutely absolutely awesome so mike when you look at this idea this word hope um biblically what like what what comes to mind what does hope mean to you where do you find hope in scripture um yeah well really jesus tells us to always be ready to give an answer for the hope that you have and the the simplest way i think i can put it where i see hope is truly found in the person of jesus when you look at the state of our world when you look uh, sometimes at your own life circumstance whatever it is you turn on the news if you're looking to get down you just need to turn some sort of connection to this world in any way and you'll find the brokenness seeing how many you know how many kids a year still die of starvation how many kids Mm -hmm. don't have access to things that we think should just be normal how much war there is you see a broken world and so to me the idea of jesus is where i find hope the story that god stepped into the picture to deal with a problem that we could not solve and as you see if people come out with come to problems that people have we still walk away with a broken world doesn't matter how much better we get as a society it seems to me that there must be hope that comes from outside this world and god stepped into our picture and he came and did something that we could not do it was of him and for him but it was also for us so to me, I see hope founded in the relationship and the person of Jesus. And I, I hold to that. And to me, that's been an important, important thing in this season as life looks so different uh, come this 2020. So I, that's what I can simply put it as in the person of Jesus is where I find my hope, my unshakable hope. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I love how you how you refer to it as your unshakable hope. And you know, and I think in, in 2020, we've all had our hope shaken in some way, shape or form or in some level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So Mike, knowing what hope means to you biblically and finding it in the person of Jesus, mm-hmm. how does that play itself out in your day-to-day life? What's that mean? What's that look like? Yeah. 
I would say the way it plays out in the day-to-day -day is that moving from motion to motion, from circumstance to circumstance, my emotions of how I feel are not based upon how those circumstances go. Because one, if my eyes are fixed on Jesus, whatever goes on throughout the rest of the day or, or in those moments, I can handle. Jesus tells us in John 16, 33. Let me just, let me just read it here. It's a worthwhile thing to hear. Mm -hmm. I've told you these things that, so that you might have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, trouble, but take heart for I've overtaken the world. Jesus promises, promises troubles are going to come. Mm -hmm. The difference between the way the world gives peace, which also entails hope, um, is that the way the world gives peace, it can be taken away. Mm -hmm. If your peace or your hope is invested in your money, when your money is gone, your hope is gone. So it's your peace. Wow. And when Jesus gives it, he doesn't give that way. When he gives it, it's not going to go away. He says, I'm giving you my peace. And how does Jesus have that? Or how does Jesus have his hope? When I say hope, I mean hope and peace. So mm. just to clarify there. Yeah. He gives us the hope he has. And it's based in a relationship not tied to any circumstance because it goes beyond this life. It goes beyond these this moment. So when I think of hope in effect to my day-to-day, it often has to do with the idea that my eyes are fixed on Jesus. It gives me the eternal perspective that regardless of what comes my way this day, my eyes are fixed on him, the perfecter of my faith, and it doesn't matter as much how the day rolls out. Nobody can touch the hope that I have, even if everything goes south, because I still have Jesus at the end of the day. Hmm. So to me, that's how I have it play out in my day-to-day. And so when I engage with people in conversation, I hope that's what they see when they talk to me. They ask, you know, if I, it's not that I wish for bad days, but I wish people see me in those bad days because then they can, you can't know the strength of something until it's tested. Yeah. You know, do I really have hope that's unshakable? And then when those trials come and then they see you stand, then all of a sudden they go, why, why are you not shaken? And they wow. go, well, let me tell you about Jesus and this hope that he gives me because my eyes are not fixed on my circumstance. They're fixed on him. So mm -hmm. to me, that's how it simply plays out in the day to day. It's just that I, I look at Jesus and not so much the day from yeah. my eyes, but I try to see that day through his eyes. Yeah. Wow. That's so good, Mike. So what are, what are some of your practices that help you keep that, that focus and that vision on Jesus. Yeah, I would definitely say um, spending time in the secret place. And to mm. me, what the secret place is, is the alone time. It said Jesus often went away, as Jesus regularly did, went away to be with his father. Mm -hmm. I think that personal time, what you choose to do in the dark when no one is watching, is key time that will play into the rest of your day. So starting that moment, uh, setting some sort of time aside in the day to practically and literally be alone with the one who's going to give you the strength, the hope that you need to continue forward. So that's, how, that's how I see it as a practical way. 
as well as continually throughout the day, reminding yourself, um, I walk with Jesus. Jesus walks with me. Um, uh, so that's one simple way I kind of see a practical way of playing out. That's awesome. That's great. So Mike, in your, uh, in your story, uh, you have this really, really unique experience of having worked with multiple, multiple professional sports teams in the same city. And in the, uh, in the transactional world of professional sports where these guys are there in front of you today and could potentially be gone tomorrow, whether that be a trade, an injury, something like that. Um, what were some of the biggest challenges you found in helping these guys maintain hope? One of the biggest challenges I found in giving these guys hope, you know, Sometimes it, it would be the fact that their lives are so fluid that mm. they really might be gone. So that, that I think you, you, I think you actually described very well what the hardest portion was. Um, sometimes it, it's the hardest portion is of giving them hope is also their focus or their own personal pride. They almost play two identities sometimes and I think we all do on the field, around the boys, they act super, super tough. You get them alone, you sit them down, and all of a sudden, these strong, buff guys break down into little boys. Yeah. And so you're, you're trying to cut through those two things and learning how to not embarrass them in front of the boys, you know? But knowing at the same time, I want to be that person who all the layers are pulled back for that they can pour their heart outs to me but you can't you got to walk that line of being you know or, or going between those things so that's probably one of the harder things was was cutting between those two things where you have this mentality in sports of i'm tough i'm big i can do it but then when all the doors are closed and no one's looking you get a different person yeah so that was probably the harder part to cut between the two of those things absolutely and what uh what was something that surprised you or maybe gave you just a lot of excitement and joy as you walked with these guys and maintaining hope oh man i would say uh i would say where where they on their own would begin to seek after jesus when you're not there where they're mm -hmm they're calling boys up to be better men of character when you're not in the room or even when you are in the room um, that when something goes wrong, that they come to you. It's a, uh, it's, it's always a part, like it's part of the job. Like you, when you're a chaplain, you're really just a, it's another word for shepherd, yeah. you know, and they run to you for encouragement and hope. They're not going, they're not going to their boys. They're coming to you and really with them running to you it's them saying i need jesus mm. because you're the closest relationship i have uh, as a human to that so to me that that was one of the most exciting things is when guys on the sideline would run to you and say i just need you to talk to me i need you to help me off this ledge in the middle of a game you know so 
Yeah, that's awesome. And then how, uh, how would you find the balance? Because, you know, I can imagine, you know, these guys, they're like us, you know, you've got to have different personality types. You've got to have just that full spectrum of guys. Uh, you're, you're blessed to be chatting with and speaking into and spending time with. So how did you, how did you find that balance in kind of finding the time or the space to kind of go, okay, you know what, this guy, you know, we need to be doing something, you know, maybe we're going for a walk around the stadium before the game, but you know what, this guy just needs a, an arm thrown around him at halftime. You know, how, walk us through, how do you discern that? And then how would you, how would you make time and space to make that happen? Uh, yeah, so after every practice, something that we do, like so one, to, you got to figure out which guys seem like they need it. Mm-hmm. You spend enough time with people, you can begin to catch people's mannerisms. You know what I mean? You know your wife better yeah. because you spend time with her. The less time you spend, the less you get to know. The more time you spend, the more you know. So after every practice, you walk around the room after and you just you just say hi to the guys. That's where you're making that first little, hey, great to see you out there. Hey, that was a great run that you had today. You did really good. So you're doing small chat, but mm-hmm. in the midst of it, you're trying to see, you're trying to gauge where this guy seems like he's at. Sometimes they're distracted with stuff. Um, but it's often during that time right there after practices that I found you would make that engagement. So as you're going high five in the boys walking around, uh, you just, you you pause on the guy who you're like, Hey, something looks like up. You, do you need to go for a little chat? You got time? Here's my phone number. Let's set up a time. I'm going to text you. And then yeah, yeah. If you don't have their phone number yet, you exchange it. And you just drill them. Hey, you said you wanted this. And so then often you'll try between that practice and the next, before the next game, hopefully, you, you find a time. But honestly, it, finding time sometimes for those big things was super hard. But something that was really cool is the Stampeders set aside time during the week where there wasn't meetings specifically for chapel. So if you don't think that this guy's going to want to meet you one-on-one, you get them to chapel or midweek Bible study. And at both of those time slots, there's nothing else that, nothing else that the stamps are doing. So there's no excuse yeah. that they can use. So you really encourage them for the one-on-one or to come for the chapel. And sometimes the reason why it's nice to invite them to chapel is because it's almost like inviting someone to church. They're not ready for the one-on-one, mm. but they might be willing to listen. Wow. might be that place. So you, I always wanted to fight more for those one-on-ones, but time is very minimal during season. It, it really, really is. They have a, you know, game. If it's a game day or, or as soon as the game ends, the clock begins again for the next week. They have, mm. you know, that little time after the game, but then almost every minute of your life is scheduled. So, but you fought, you fought pretty hard and it started with those little interactions after practice to try to create that gauge of who actually needs a conversation here. Yeah. And I can imagine that's got to be something where you're moment by moment, just with open hands going, God, who, who is it this week? Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Totally. Totally. 
And now, uh, for those of you listening that maybe aren't familiar, uh, the Calgary Stampeders play in the Canadian Football League and like many other professional sports leagues in this COVID-19 reality, uh, this league and the Stampeders actually saw their season canceled. So Mike, were you, are you still able to stay in touch with some of these guys? How are you finding things um, now just in this COVID reality with all, with all these guys, I think, kind of working through all these questions and all these unknowns? What's that look like? Yeah, you know, this would have been a big blow for a lot of guys. But, you know, it was, it was also a big blow when the American, there was going to be an extra football league that was started up in the States as well. I don't know if you knew of that. And then it got kiboshed, but then it got reinstated. But it's not playing right now either. But um, something that kind of happened was a lot of guys go off the radar when football season isn't going. Mm. Um, and I, So it does get harder to contact them. So I, I've got a really good relationship with probably, I'll go with five guys. And I've been in contact at least enough contact to be checking up on them um, a little bit. And honestly, though, in between messages with these guys who I have a relationship with, it's sometimes weeks between responses. Um, a lot of them go back down to the States. If you're Canadian, you often go back to whatever job you had um, outside of season. So these players kind of disband and your real way of contact is through text but something to know about a lot of these guys is they're very driven. So if, if they have a, a real goal in their mind, they really do put their foot down and, and continue to press through even in the midst of a pandemic, but they have our contacts and you make yourself available. But I have found it's very challenging in this season to actually be of any support to them if they're not really coming out and going, Hey, I'm having a major problem. So. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, Mike, this is, uh, this has been really, really good. And I am just really, really thankful for, for your time and your insight into just this unique world and just reaching these athletes with, with the hope of Jesus. Uh, Mike, just to transition a little bit here, uh, what is something that you're reading or listening to currently that's just really helping you maintain hope? You know, I have, um, it sounds so, so cheesy, but first off, I've been spending more time in, in just God's word one off. Yeah. Like I, I read a book by A.W. Tozer and it's ironic. It was in a book, but he spoke about how he finds himself these days leading reading less books. And if you don't know, A.W. A. Tozer is dead now. He's not alive. Yeah. <laughs> but in one of his books that he wrote, he said, I find myself reading less books beside the Bible these days. Mm. And I've been trying to take that to heart. Like I'm a young man who wants to hear some of the newer philosophies and new thinkings. But something I found is that there's no books written about how to handle a pandemic. Yeah. There's no of, of here's a five step way through. And it's not even that I want that. I want hope in my heart. I want the yeah. peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding to be my resting place. 
So I actually have been diving into God's word and then journaling. <laughs> That's been a main thing for me. Um, but then on another note, I've been reading a book by Ravi Zacharias called The Logic of God. And it's, uh, why would that give me hope? It's a breakdown to how to share the gospel, really, or key questions that atheists have. Wow. About, you know, questions that they're probably going to have. Mm. And the reason I find that book gives me hope is because it gives me perspective outside of the Christian thought of, Mm -hmm. of what goes through my daily heart process. Um, into the minds of where someone who doesn't have Jesus is. And it just reminds me of what I do have in Jesus, just placing myself in the perspective of where the non-Christian is currently sitting. So that's why that book's actually been an encouragement of hope for me. So Logic of God by Ravi Zacharias, it just gives you another perspective. So that's awesome. That yeah, that that does sound like a really fascinating and yeah, just just a really hopeful book. Absolutely, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, now, Mike, I know because I've known you for a really long time. We've been friends for a long time. You have been crushing it on social media these days uh, with your videos, and I find you to be one of the more engaging and thoughtful and thought-provoking follows on social media these days and if any of our listeners wanted to follow along uh with you on social media how would they go about doing that yeah totally well thanks hey oh mitch uh, that means a lot coming from you thanks um you could check me out on instagram on pastor dot mike dot dick it was the best way to get closest to my actual name so on instagram there and then i've also been posting on facebook just on my personal feed i originally was just going to be doing it for my youth but i thought hey there's probably a lot of people out there who could similar to why you wanted to jump into this podcast of, of what you've started was i think there's a need out there and this could potentially meet some people's needs though i, I don't feel that um I'm, I'm not the most professional in the world, but you know, it's a, it's a joy to do. So yeah, Facebook and Instagram have been my main two things. And my name's Michael Dick. So look me up. I'm friends. I'm friends with, with Brian Mitchell. So that's the Michael Dick to click on. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, Mike, this has just been so much fun and just great to see you. And thanks for, thanks for making time for this to happen. And Mike, I just pray that, uh, this hope and just this deep, deep desire that you have in and for Jesus and Jesus alone uh, just continues to grow and become more and more apparent. And uh, yeah, I'm just excited to see uh, yeah, what, uh, what the future looks like for you, uh, whether that's uh, loving on these pro athletes and walking through life with them or continuing in your current role. Um, yeah, I think the the future is bright for you, my friend, and God is uh, God is on the move in and through you. Uh, thanks so much again, Mike, and uh, hope to talk to you soon, my friend. Hey, yeah, you too, Brian. Hey, God bless you guys too, where you're at, and so cool that you've thought of this idea. The world definitely needs more hope, so it's so cool that that's what you're chasing to bring, and just love your guys' heart for Jesus, and I just bless you guys there too. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. We'll talk soon.
Bye. That was a great conversation, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to have had it with Mike. One of the many things that stood out to me was that while Mike's job is a youth pastor, he is deeply involved in his community as a whole and the world around him. I think this is a great reminder for us to share and spread hope to all those around us. And it starts with something as simple as saying, hello. Thank you, Mike. Join us again next week as we welcome podcast host, author, and disc golfer Mark Oxer to the podcast. Have a wonderful week, everyone, and bye for now.